Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome in, Miller and Condon, on a Monday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. It's Trent Condon and Ken Miller, and we're with you for the next couple of hours and appreciate you spending some of your morning uh, here with Trent and I. Busy morning, lots of bracket talk, obviously. We'll uh, get into that with our first guest at the bottom of the hour. This is the BMW of Des Moines lineup for today, guest list-wise. We will start with our bracketologist, Shelby We'll correct his paper uh, at 10.30. Uh, Gannett's bracketologist, Shelby Mast, will join us uh, as we will uh, take a look. A good look from a bracketologist's perspective uh, as to how everything unfolded yesterday. We were scheduled to have C.J. Frederick at 10.50. Unfortunately, he's not going to be able to join us. Fortunately, uh, coming off the bench at that time to join us will be number 55, Luca Garza. Garza. Uh, will join us at 10.50-ish and look forward to speaking uh, with the soon-to-be-anointed player of the year in college basketball. At uh, 11.05, Dave Sproul will pick his brain on the Big 12 teams that get in. We'll see if he anticipates any uh, news coming out of the basketball offices, the athletic department. Uh, at 11.05, he will join us, Dave Sproul, and then Scott Dockerman at 11.25 on the Hawks. He spent an eventful Friday night watching Bobby Hansen and uh, uh, Gary Dolphin call, um, was it Friday or Saturday? It was Friday night's game. It was Friday <laughs> night's game. Watching the Wisconsin game uh, in the booth at Kinnick Stadium. I did not know that that's where they did the games from. Did you? I did not know. And by and, uh, Doc was there with them and wrote about it for the Athletic. We know down the hall here, throughout the college basketball season, John Walters and Eric Heft did their thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we now know uh, that Kinnick Stadium—that's where the basketball broadcast emanated from. But we'll do—we'll do a lot with Doc. But that—I uh, thought that was a—it was a good behind-the-scenes look. Brackets are out. Seems like a little bit of normalcy. NFL tampering period is underway. What a great weekend. Yes. And get tied on, because it's just about to ratchet up another level. Do you like having the extra day before the tournament really gets going? Well, first of all, remember, we'd have games tomorrow night. Yes, we would. Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Thursday, Friday, Saturday. With the first four. I mean, it could be Drake playing tomorrow as opposed to Thursday. And I like the buildup, certainly for their fans. I like the way we're doing it, Trent, honestly. The wrap around the weekend, I, I'm guessing that you know Vegas would prefer that we go back to the old system, mm-hmm. uh, just because it gets so busy. But I'm actually looking forward to Sunday night and Monday night basketball. Yeah, and we're going to have that. We're going to have you know, it's going to be it's going to be a blast. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, as opposed to Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I'm good with it. The problem will be you're playing for a Sweet 16 on Monday afternoon, and there will be teams that will be having that. Mm-hmm. Because is it just going to be, at least normally, CBS had that exclusive window where they would have the first two games on Sunday, at least as of late, and then it'll lead into a lot of the games later on in the evening. If that's still the case, you're only impacting four teams, and then everybody else will be playing in the evening. But if they're going to be moving those games up a little bit more, can you imagine Iowa playing for their first Sweet 16 in over two decades, Hmm. and it's at 1 o'clock on a Monday afternoon? 
Well, I don't think the team would bother them one no. bit. The fan base, right. I get it. People got to work. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, it'll be... They're supposed to be at work. <laughs> right, right. You'll find... Most people will find a way, but not everybody can find now, a way So either. basically what we're doing is we're giving up Thursday for Monday. Right. Yeah. It's different. I, I get it, uh, but um, the buildup is better. I, think, I, I do too. I mean, we've been talking about a Drake game tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. I thought for for at least for a while, when it seemed like the speculation was going to be that the that the play in round is, is Drake's going to be a part of that, and then you see UCLA with them. I thought that the committee might go in the way back machine, like all the way back to 1969, mm-hmm. yep. and put Drake and UCLA together. Uh, but Wichita State, Drake, um, look, it's it's going to be Wichita State's a good team. Yes, they did they not win the regular season crown uh, in the uh, American Athletic? I believe they did. They did. And uh, there's a two seed that came out of that league as well, and they beat Houston. They split the series with Houston, I'm pretty sure. Anyways, uh, it's a terrific week. It's upon us. Let the bells ring out and the banners fly. It's just, um, you know, it's been two years since we had a selection Sunday. And hats off to the athletes and the coaches and the support staff and everybody uh, that was willing to make the sacrifices that they did uh, to entertain us the way that they do. I mean I mean that. I said the same about college football mm-hmm. and uh, to college basketball players for them to... Um, it's a sacrifice. It is. The the downtime now and just how different this is, mm-hmm. even in the football season. For the Big Ten players that have been there, for the teams that started making their way there Saturday, yeah. that already had the automatic bids locked up and that were starting to send down. Did you see the pictures, some of the teams, as the selection show was going on last night? They were at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. I did. That was really cool. That was, yep. But what are they going to do to fill the time? Because well, Luca, you make a run here. Yeah, look, I, I watched the uh, the ESPN Bracketology show afterwards, and it was really good. Um, and, and Luca Garza was uh, was a guest on it at, at uh, I think, well, I'm not sure what hour it was, the final hour of the two. Anyways, it seemed like he was in his room and was about to spend the next, the foreseeable future in his room until mm-hmm. they get to leave. They'll do Zoom meetings. Uh, but I, I don't think that uh, at the time that he spoke yesterday that he had a... Any idea when practice was going to be? I wonder if they've got a ball in their room. Do some ball handling? Yeah, just to do something. Yeah. Right? I mean, what are you going to do? How big are these rooms? What's well, like a normal hotel room? It's a normal hotel room. You can't do a ton. No. But, but we go back to baseball. Remember when the Cardinals were on quarantine uh-huh. and there was that shot of one of their pitchers? Might have been it, Flaherty. Flaherty or Wainwright, I think. One of those two, yes. That had pushed their mattress mm-hmm. of their bed up against the right. wall. Was and, throwing into it. Yes, we're right. using that for bullpen sessions. Yeah. Can't quite do the same thing with basketball, at least in terms of shooting, but yeah, you can do some ball handling drills, move the bed over the side, get some things in. Yeah, we sure. only have Luca for like five or six minutes. I yeah. don't know if I want to waste I'm going to ask him. He says, do you have a ball in your room? Anyways, uh, so so where do you want to start? There's, there were so many great games this weekend. I saw something that you don't very see often see, and that's Greg McDermott having to look up at an opposing coach during the handshake line. <laughs> Patrick Ewing yeah. is such a... Oh my God, he's so big, right? Uh, boy, Georgetown is playing unbelievable basketball. They're they're peaking at the right time. This Illinois story is unbelievable. Trent, I've um, what one of the stories, and and for those of you filling out brackets, I'm anxious to see how many are you are going to take the same approach I am. I'm just going to advance as many Big Ten teams as I possibly can. Really, that's I, where you are. I think that's where I am, Trent, because this league is so damn good. Um, they really are. Look, Ohio State can win it all. Mm. They get young you back so. coming off concussion. 
Look, who knows? It's it's NCAA, right? If you're looking, for, I hate favorites, as you know. Mm-hmm. If you're looking for a team with a price, Ohio State gave, gave, gave Illinois everything they wanted and did so without Young, who was tearing it up before he left with the concussion. What day was that? There's so many days running yeah, right. Friday, whatever it was. Um, Illinois. That was against Michigan, wasn't it? I, think it, I don't remember, Trent. I, think, I don't know. He did. I don't like Michigan. Do you? With no, Liver, to make a run? With, no, no, With no, Livers no. out now, and he's not yeah. going to be able to play. No. He won't be able to answer the bell. Michigan might be one of those. If I had to knock off a one seed before I get into uh, eliminating some of the others, it, it would be Michigan. I mm-hmm. just uh, I just don't see them. I'm not sure Alabama's going to be that team. I watched the uh, the SEC championship. Boy, it got a little nasty. Alabama and LSU, they were getting after it. Did you see the pregame? felt like football. It kind of did. Yeah. Coaches having to come between them in the warm-up, for crying out loud. Um, and Michigan's going to get LSU in all likelihood in the round of 32. You don't like Sig Bonaventure, huh? Well. Good defensive. Talk about contrasting styles that's yeah, where you're going to be just, LSU so athletic we'll, we'll see but um if i had to knock out a one seed the first one seed to fall it would be michigan for me in either lsu you uh-huh. think it's got a chance yeah. florida state we know how good that team can be they haven't played well down the stretch they have not though. and even colorado with mckinley right he yeah. is so good he doesn't have a ton of help mm-hmm. but and that's why a lot of the uh Analysts are picking Georgetown to pick off Colorado with that right. 5-12 game. Got a question right as we were coming on the air about Drake mm-hmm. and how this works because, well, for Drake fans, they've never been in this spot. This is their first ever at-large bid, yep. but the play-in round. And they were asking, all right, so there's 16 seeds playing themselves in, but there's Drake playing themselves in as an 11. So the difference here, as simple as possible, you have... Automatic bids, those are the teams that win their conference tournaments from the Big Ten all the way down to the SWAC. Everybody gets an automatic bid. Mm-hmm. And then you have that large teams, the teams that didn't win their conference tournament, the automatic bids. Mm-hmm. Basically, the way that the NCAA is set up. And we can argue the merits about it. Should it be the teams that have automatic bids? Should they still be playing to get into the main bracket? That's a different conversation. But the way it's set up, two 16 seeds play in to get into the main bracket, to get mm-hmm. their chance against the one, and then the final four at larges, two games there. Both 11s. Play to get in. Sometimes it's 12s. I think there was a year it was maybe a, a 14, I want to say. I don't recall. I, it was BYU against Iona, I believe, the years that they played in. But that's the way that it's set up. They do this in order to, A, get more inventory, mm-hmm. get more television inventory. Yep. And it started way back in the day when the Mountain West and the WAC split. And it went from 64 teams, well... We're going to give another bid, but we're not going to take away an at-large. Instead, we're going to add. So it started with one. They went to 65 teams in the bracket. Now it's at 68. That's how we got here, and that's at least the simplest explanation why Drake is playing themselves into the bracket, but not playing in to be a 16 seed. No. Playing in to be an 11. 11 seed for the right to take on. Who do they get? Uh, They would get... um, You know who they get, right? USC. Right. Evan Mobley, who I've been right. singing the praises yes. of all season yes. long. Yes. And that'll set up an Iowa Drake. We could 16. potentially get that, Trent. We, poss- we potentially could. How big of a stretch is that? I mean, That's a big stretch. A big stretch. Yeah, I, I, th- I don't know if they'll beat Wichita State. It's a coin flip game. It though. is. Very close game. One is and Hatfield playing? Number? Yes. Oh, he is? It's for well, sure? I mean, everything we've been told, right? Uh-huh. I've not seen is. anything official. He, that, that was the goal to get him back for this. Yes. Um. We'll see. With him, 
coin flip game. Mm-hmm. Then USC, yeah, with Evan Mobley, right, and they're inconsistent. And Andy Enfield had no idea where Drake was. Did you see that quote? That's good bulletin board no material. Idea where they are? I think they're in the Midwest, Iowa, maybe. And Marty Richter. Was on Enfield staff, is that right? I thought I saw that on Twitter last night. I don't know. One of DeVries' assistants, Mm -hmm. Marty Richter, who I think is in in charge of scheduling. I think he's maybe making a call to his old boss if that's the case. (laughs) But I think that that they worked together back in the Florida Gulf Coast days and didn't even know where his his old compadre was working. Where is Drake? Uh, Who's a um, anywhere from a one through a four seed that you think is vulnerable? Vulnerable one, vulnerable or not to get out of the first weekend. Not to get out of the first. Is, weekend. is there one for you? I mean, there, there has are. to be. I'm sure there is. There are. Let me dig through. Well, one of them is the team you like at twenty-one to one to make a run. You don't like Ohio State. I don't. Don't you? What? What? What don't you like about them? The defense more than anything. Mm-hmm. That defense has not been good all season long, and offensively, yeah, they're very good. They're going to be a team, and this is something I'm going to really watch. Normally. When you get the bracket, a very important piece is also where these games are played because of fan support, playing places that you know very well. I want to say who's who's playing in Lucas Oil, who's going to be the teams there because mm-hmm. and think, you only get there once, right? They well until unless they all you make come together because you play somewhere first round, you will not play the same place right. in the second round. They're setting that up. I don't know why because if both teams win yeah. in advance. You both play this, but regardless yeah, of that, I don't get it either. But I think shooting backdrop in that place and the way that it's set mm-hmm. up, just how different it is, that's something there. And for really good offensive teams like Ohio State, now, of course, they have an advantage because they played it all weekend long. But overall, that's a vantage point I'm looking at. Just Virginia Tech, I've really liked that team throughout the season. They've had, I think, though, two different shutdowns this year. And because of that, that's one that I'm going to be looking a little bit tighter. Vatek, the 10 seed, maybe knocking off Ohio State. That's a value play. And there's a three seed I think is really vulnerable, and that's West Virginia. San Diego really? State's good. Yeah, no, they are. They're really, really good. I've seen a lot. Of, I've seen some folks, not a lot, but uh, some folks have them in their final four. I'm with you. I don't think they're a final four team. I'm not sure they're not going to make it through the first weekend. And the other one, if San Diego State gets beat by Syracuse, how many times have we seen the quick turnaround with Bayheim teams, even Bayheim teams that are not very good. Mm-hmm. Well, hell, look at his last yeah. Final Four team. That was not mm-hmm. a good team. Mm-hmm. And they went all the way to the Final Four. Mm-hmm. It's that, that defense they play. It is. Yep. The matchup zone yep. is incredibly difficult to prepare for. So that's the place I'm looking at with West Virginia. What about Virginia, who can't practice all week long? They're well, I think quarantine. that kind of goes without saying, right? I mean, are, are they even going to be there? Are we going to find out by well, 5 o'clock our a, time tomorrow? Well, we have to. Yes. That is the cutoff for people that didn't hear this part of it. Mm-hmm. 5 o'clock Central Time tomorrow, 6 o'clock Eastern, is the time where teams have to say, we're not going to make it. So don't fill out your brackets and, <laughs> until you have that official. Because if it would be Louisville that would get the first opportunity to move in. And they would move in as a four seed. As a four seed, first team out gets a four seed if Virginia can't answer the bell. They've got serious issues. They won't practice, Trent. They play on Saturday. Mm-hmm. They plan on traveling on Friday, potentially, at the earliest Thursday night. More likelihood they would travel on Friday. I don't know how. They've got their own set of quarantine rules, apparently. Um, that would be the team to me that, uh, man. 
I liked Ohio even when the opening lines came out, even mm-hmm. before we knew this you information. You weren't alone. There's a lot of folks yeah. that were talking up Ohio. Ten and a half. It was a huge number. I thought that thing was going to be a little tighter. In fact, that was one of the point spreads of my projected ones that I was way off on. So I was jumping aboard. And what's going to happen inevitably, my favorite bet of the opening round will be taken off the board, mm-hmm. and it's not going to happen. So that would mean Louisville then would move in if Virginia can't go. They are the first team available yep. to come out. And, and how about... Move right in as a four seed. The Kentucky AD. Yeah. As the chair. Awesome. Louisville, yeah. the first team out. Could you imagine being in the airways uh, right now in Kentucky? Uh, yeah. How nuts that has be, to be. They'd be bonkers. Right? Oh, yeah. As It'd they be should bonkers. be, right? The conspiracy theorists, the tinfoil hats. Right. They would be a run at them at uh, stores to, to purchase those. Uh, yeah, it's... Um, Look, somebody has to be the spokesman, uh-huh. unfortunately, for where he resides, Barnhart, in the state of Kentucky, and the AD at Kentucky, um, who's not in the tournament, which is crazy, and nor are the Duke Blade Devils, which is, which is the right decision, but just odd that uh, neither one of them are there. What about Michigan State-UCLA? Obviously, that's a gift to who has the coverage that night. Turner? Is that... Yeah, um, I, mean, that, that, I have it here somewhere. That, that's a that's a that's a marquee matchup for them. Again, I was hoping we'd see UCLA and Drake. I thought that had some sex appeal, at least in Des Moines. <laughs> yeah. Nationally, I get why they're doing this. Um, do you give Michigan State the chance just because of the pedigree? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, not to, not to be. I get that they can beat UCLA, but once they get that 11 seed, then they would face Texas, right? Mm-hmm. Texas, by the way, hell of a weekend, man. I owe you lunch. Uh, Baylor went down in flames. Texas playing very well right now. Uh, I I thought Oklahoma State was going to pick them off, but I did regardless too. of that, um, Michigan State, Texas, yeah, because we've seen Texas how inconsistent they mm-hmm. can be. And Michigan State plays where Michigan State has beaten Illinois, uh-huh. Ohio State, Michigan over the last two and a half weeks. Right. Yes, when they're bad, they can be really mm-hmm. bad. We've seen that too. But when they're good, this is a good team. Can they beat Texas? Yeah. Can they beat Alabama in the Sweet 16? Yeah. Can we talk, oh, Izzo's done it again? Sure. <laughs> but I also wouldn't be shocked if UCLA beats them. That, that's just the nature of this Michigan State team. What one seed is, not not trap, but sitting on potential um, tough spot maybe in their second round, in the round of 32, what 8-9 winner is going to give Gonzaga, Michigan, Illinois, or Baylor the biggest threat? See, I think, we talked about Michigan, and I think they are the the team that is in the most trouble. Mm -hmm. But on the right side of the bracket, starting with Baylor, a lot of people are pointing to that North Carolina game. Trent, I mean, who do you like in that game? I think North Carolina is an easy matchup for Baylor. They don't have a point guard. They can't shoot. Uh-huh. The way Baylor, Baylor plays defense. So you have them getting past Wisconsin then? That's the thing. If it's Wisconsin, talk about styles make fights. Yeah. Grind out 54 mm-hmm. 52, and look, Wisconsin, they did it again. They're back to the Sweet 16. <laughs> if I'm Baylor, as silly as this may sound to some people, I want to see Caroline in the second round. I do not want to see that Wisconsin team. Mm-hmm. Coupled with advanced metrics. Advanced metrics still really like this Wisconsin team. And to your point, they're from the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Just how good these Big Ten teams have been beat up and getting outside the legal help. But for Illinois, you talk about a crappy round of 32 draw if they get Loyola. Speaking oh, of metrics, this is a top 10 team at Ken Palm. Yeah. But of course, they're not going to get that kind of seat. Well, don't sleep on Georgia Tech. You saw what they did this weekend. I, I, I like that matchup for Illinois. Do you? I, I do. I think that would be the one. I would certainly. No, I was just saying, don't sleep on, don't sleep on Georgia Tech versus oh, yeah. Loyola. Yes, right? I agree with that. Yeah, but if we get that, 
Illinois Loyola matchup. You know, Krupwig and company are fired up to play oh, sure. the big school. Hell yes. Another style kind of matchup in Krupwig. You think that old veteran's not going to get Kofi in foul <laughs> trouble early on? A couple of step throughs, like a Euro Kofi, step. Uh, Coburn is playing as, as well as anybody in the country right yes. now. He and really this, is. this is not who he has been. No. Throughout the first year and seven eighths of his yeah, career. He, there's, there's, we, we didn't know this, but there was another level, and we've seen mm-hmm. it come out this weekend. All right, one more for you. Give me a double digit seed that will advance to the second weekend. Double digit seed. Double to digit the seed to get to the weekend. second weekend. All right, there was uh, one that popped out. Well, I mentioned Ohio. Mm-hmm. I do. I really do like them, and I like their to get draw. to the second weekend. Yes. Okay. Against Creighton. Remember Creighton, the most overrated major program in they the got country. Absolutely destroyed in the Big East final. They did. Destroyed. This is still a program that has never advanced to the Sweet Sixteen in the modern era of college yep. basketball. Yep. Creighton Blue Jays, not as good of a basketball program as a lot of people, especially people in Omaha, make them out to be. So, so Ohio is one. And the Winthrop one almost feels too easy, doesn't it? They're twenty three and one. They are really yeah. good. They get Villanova, no Connor Gillespie. They, they absolutely can beat Villanova. What's the what's the number there, by the way? Do you know? Ooh, I last night, yeah. I saw that. Let me find it here. Is that uh, Saturday or Sunday? I uh, don't know off the top of my head. Red, there's the bracket I'm looking at does not have times or days. Winthrop Villanova. I'll find it here in a second, but yeah, that that's one that mm-hmm. I looked at right away, and it's almost feels like everybody's going to be there. Villanova by six. Yeah, it's a little hefty. So they would have to conceivably get past Purdue. Mm-hmm. What, what about go down to the go to the Midwest? Where are you on Rutgers? I like this Rutgers team. That Clemson Rutgers game is going to be hideous. Mm-hmm. Hideous. Mm-hmm. Two teams that clutch and grab defensively. Yeah. And they don't play much offense, and it's a lot of one-on-one ball and bailout at the end of the shot clock. I don't know what the total is in that game, but I'm leaning under <laughs> Clemson-Rutgers. Sight unseen what that number is. That thing might be 117.5. Ooh, rough one with Clemson and Rutgers. Against Houston, is it more just... See, Houston, the times I've seen You've them... You've watched I've, them more than I have. And I've been impressed. Yeah. I have been impressed when I see... Quentin Grimes, you remember him at Kansas. Yes, absolutely. It's a really good guy, but it's not just him. I'm not there. In fact, I like Houston on the bottom part of that bracket Do you? to make it to the mm-hmm. Elite Eight and against Illinois. It feels like everybody, though, I mean, you saw it on the selection show, Gonzaga versus Illinois. That's what most everybody's going to There's a lot of Baylor love, Trent. I don't get it. Um, I like Illinois better than I like Baylor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I get why Gonzaga. What's Gonzaga to win it all right now? Plus 250? Yeah, that's what I saw mm. last night when the brackets were coming out. Mm. It's not a real good price. No, huh? it's not. There was a, a simulation piece at Action Network last night that came out, simulated, you know, the bracket 10,000 times. Normally, the favorite wins in these simulations 12 to 18%, depending on how good the team is. For Gonzaga, 36% of the time, they brought it home. Hmm. That number shows you how significant the gap is between them and everybody else. It's a one and done tournament. Doesn't mean Gonzaga is going to win. But they are the big favorite for a reason. They approved it on the court. You saw them against Iowa. You saw them against Kansas. You saw them against West Virginia. Saw them against every big team that they played. This team is incredibly talented. If you're going to go out there and go out on a limb and take somebody else, and they do it, probably going to win some money in your bracket. Yeah, I know that. It's, it's tough to find this year because Gonzaga just seems like, yeah, they're going to be. It's such a tough out. We'll see. I'm with you on Ohio as your double digit. I'm also going to look at Rutgers. 
Maybe Maryland. Maybe Maryland. Okay, you you got a lot of. Big oh, Ten I love this there. Big Ten, Trent. It was so damn fun to watch all season long. Big Ten Miller. That's going to be your nickname. Certainly I'll, at Cyclone I'll, Fanatic. I'll wear I that, that proudly <laughs> at least this year. Well, speaking of the Big Ten, uh, let's go into Iowa opening Grand Canyon. Know nothing about them. This is a great matchup. I watched uh, their conference championship game a little bit of it, and then went back on ESPN Plus and watched a little bit more. Ten minute stretches of two of their games last night. They play two bigs. They're mm-hmm. a really good offensive mm-hmm. rebounding team. That's a Euros, concern. right? One of them anyway? Yes. Yeah. But the biggest one is a plotter. He is slow. <laughs> Luca, the way that he yeah. busts his butt and gets up the floor, is going to Ugh. abuse this young man. They play slow. This is the perfect matchup. I told you I did not want to see Elbling Christian. That's a deeper seed. And their matchup with Texas, how about that? Speaking of Elbling Christian, they have one of those, uh, when you go to school, like BYU, you're not allowed to have premarital sex. Uh-huh. They had two guys kicked off their team two years ago about that. <laughs> Try to recruit in there. Yeah. How tough that job is. <laughs> that aside, Grant Cated, I think, is about as good of a matchup that you can have for Iowa. You know I don't love laying big points. This is one I'd be willing. And it's what, 14 and a half, 15, somewhere yeah. in there? Yeah, open at 16, a couple of yeah. places. Uh, I saw South Point had it 16, I think Circa. Tick down a little bit here. I think this is about as good of a matchup you can hope for. Trent, I think the bracket, uh, uh, well, with the exception of being the same uh, region as uh, Gonzaga, it, it will be a disappointment if Iowa doesn't get through the first weekend. Of yes, the yes, it no will doubt be about a disappointment. it. Yep, I, I don't think there's any two ways about it. You lose to Oregon or VCU in the round of 32, it is a huge disappointment mm-hmm. here. The bracket set up, well, yes, you have the number one overall seed. And though you were seventh on the seed list and Houston was eight. Still, you get to that point, you get to an Elite Eight, you roll the ball out against a team that you've already seen, mm-hmm. and in that game, Jalen Suggs shot the ball better Couldn't than he miss. has all season yep. long. He hasn't been close to that kind of shooter, and they cut it to, what, a six-point game there late in the second mm-hmm. half? Even as poorly as Iowa played in that game, they had an opportunity. Well, uh, but Luka didn't play poorly. Luka was terrific. You get to that point, you get to the Elite Eight, you sign up for that. Absolutely. You'll take your shot. Yep. Got to get there first. Uh, we'll see. Just one quick note. Um, Drew Brees hangs it up. Trent, I've, I've seen a lot of folks that don't think he's the, and I, I guess it's debatable. For, for me, it's not. The the most significant, impactful free agent signing in the history of the NFL. I get the Reggie White Green yeah. Bay stuff. Reggie White's a defensive end. And a Tom Goodwin, one, maybe the best to ever play the game. Drew Brees a quarterback. What, what, what was New Orleans, what were the Saints franchise known for before Drew Brees got there? One thing, more than any other team in football, was known for what? Tom Dempsey. Well, him, but during the Tom Dempsey era, I think this was born, actually. What's that? The bags on the head. Oh, yeah. yeah. Bad franchise. You're Awful right. Awful franchise. Packers were the same, though, in the 80s. That yeah, was... but they'd won championships, though. You don't have to go. You, you had, I mean, they needed the, the Browns freaking trophy won... after the coach. Right, but the Browns have won championships, too, in the same era. Not in the NFL. Well, it's the same era. I mean,. We're kind of talking semantics here. But the Super Bowl era, the Packers, you know, they started out pretty... I get where they were. I get it. And Reggie White was the first... Look, he was the first African-American to make it sound like... Green Bay's okay to sign in. Yeah. Look, it it would have been somebody else. The money is the same in all the other 32. I don't know how many there were at the time. 30, I guess, or 28 uh, NFL franchises. Drew Brees, I mean, he played 15 years there, for crying out loud. Won a Super Bowl. He's a quarterback. He's not a defensive end. 
you couple it with going through and the Katrina, Katrina stuff. That's exactly where I was going. Sure, that I think tilts it. That in that his franchise favor. might have been. They might, they might not have had an NFL team. They might be in San Antonio. Right they now. might have been. Or Anyways, uh, tremendous career. He will now move into the uh, Notre Dame broadcast booth. Him and Mike Tirico. Uh, sounds like that is going to be the. Notre Dame football broadcast duo once we get to the fall. We will get the Shelby Mast, uh, Shelby Mast, Gannett's bracketologist on the other side, Luca Garza, scheduled to join us. Uh, coming up here in about 25 minutes. Look forward to that. I think it's going to happen. He called the program here just about 10 minutes before we went on the air. Had the time zones a little mixed up. Um, uh, this is Luca Garza. I'm sure it is. <laughs> really? You could tell by the voice, though, couldn't yeah, you? Yeah, really, I really I could. Anyways, uh, Luca will join us in about 25 minutes. Look forward to that conversation. Dave Sproul on Iowa State and what potentially might happen their week. We'll pick his brain on the Big 12. Scott Dockerman as well. Uh, Shelby Mass joins the program next. We're Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106 to sell your home. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM, this is KXNO. Hi, welcome back. Miller and Condon, 1035 on a Monday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 on the FM dial, 15 minutes. Or thereabouts, Luca Garza is scheduled to join us from uh, the quarantine in Indianapolis. Right now, Shelby Mast. Bracketwag.com is where a lot of you folks logged on to and checked out Shelby and followed him along as he updated each and every day. And it was worth the toil uh, that he put into it as he had his best bracket unveiling uh, ever. Uh, 67 out of 68. 65 of them within one seed line. Congratulations, Shelby Mast. You did very, very well. Where did you mess up? Up, Shelby, and what do you think, in hindsight, looking back on it, would you, now that you know how it unfolded, uh, what uh, caused you to uh, to make those few misses that you did? Well, one team that made it that I didn't have, and I'm glad, was Wichita State. I, I felt they were deserving, but I didn't think the committee would give them a spot. I had Louisville in, and Louisville was the first team out, so I didn't miss it far. And San Diego State and Missouri, they're six and nine. I had them flip-flop from what they were. Uh, and I, I don't get that why the committee did that. Nothing against them, but San Diego State won one quad one game and Missouri won seven. And so there's a pretty big disparity there, but they saw it the way I didn't. And other than that, I was pretty good. Shelby, great run out of you. Congratulations, and not easy to do. You know, getting the teams and getting them all right, that's one thing, but the seed line, that's what's always the most impressive part to me and just how close you were this year with that. One, I was kind of in an island, I think, here in Des Moines because so many people wanted to see Drake in. I ultimately didn't think they were going to, especially as we saw the bubble shrink with Oregon State and Georgetown over the weekend because they just have one quadrant one victory, and overall, the strength of schedule was not strong enough. Was it more than anything the way they piled up that number of victories that pushed them in? I looked at their resume, and I looked at it very similar to Belmont, who didn't even make the NIT. Ultimately, what got Drake in the bracket in your mind? I think, well, first, Loyola Chicago was very highly thought of. So the fact that they beat them one game Mm -hmm. was probably enough compared to what other teams had. You know, maybe in a normal year they don't get in. But this year, 
when you had teams missing games and whatever, and you know, Louisville, they had a pause. So they missed some opportunities to rig wins. They had one quad one to win also. But their winning percentage in quad one was really bad compared to Drake. I think that's what it did. It was just lack of options and the overall good record and a good quad one win uh, compared to everybody else. Uh, bracketwag.com Shelby Masta is our guest Shelby a lot of bracketologists uh, thought that they were going to go and you were very close as well the the first four seeds that the first 16 teams in that you would be able to slot them correctly on their seed line you like you know many other guys that did very well in this had Oklahoma State on the three and West Virginia on the four the committee reversed that I think it's a mistake on their part I think it's a miss uh, and I know I'm not alone do you feel that way that Oklahoma State and West Virginia that for whatever reason that was a real gaffe on the committee's part yeah I think so that, uh, and to have them so far apart I mean, it's only one seed line but when you look at the their uh, their seed number for overall seeding I think uh, West Virginia was like 10 and Oklahoma State 15 uh, that's a pretty big difference especially since Oklahoma State had beaten them twice in the past two weeks and they they just they look like the better team in all aspects. So I you know I chalk that up to a miss. Every once in a while they do miss a couple, but they get they got the team in the tournament right. One thing here on the local front people are wondering about is Iowa. They were on the true seed list, the number seven seed, yet they're matched up with the number one overall seed in Gonzaga as opposed to Houston. Fill us in a little bit on the bracketing, how that works out, how that played out, where Iowa, instead of getting played, placed with the worst of the number one seeds, they got put with Gonzaga's. Yeah, that that one had to do with who was on the one line, Michigan and Illinois. So Michigan was the fourth overall. The fifth is who they play, Alabama. The sixth would have been Illinois. Uh, it had to be Houston. Uh, then they still did the other two. It did kind of surprise me that Iowa was seven, but maybe not. But the eighth team was Houston. They had to scoot up and take that Illinois spot. And so you just throw in who's left. Uh, Shelby Masters, our guest. Shelby, um, like the committee, they had a couple of brackets uh, in, in front of them throughout the throughout the day, even as late as Sunday. Uh, how about you? Was, was there a championship game that really factored in uh, to where you were placing teams regarding their seed? Was there one champ, one conference championship game that meant more, in your opinion? No, it wasn't. I was pretty much done with mine uh, Sunday morning, and the only thing that would have changed anything was. Uh, Cincinnati beating Houston, and that was over pretty quick. And uh, so I was done with everything by four o'clock central. I, I kept it open just in case. And the game went to overtime, Big Ten. I, I didn't think it was going to change anything. The, I was comfortable with Ohio State being six and Illinois being three, win or lose. So that, that was pretty much it. But uh, as far as other tournaments, I, I mean, the Big East, you had a, a big piece in the Pac-12, but it didn't affect other teams uh, in the, in from their conference. Shelby, it's been months and months and months now for you doing a daily update. You know these teams incredibly well. You know 
the mid-majors and the low-majors incredibly well. So let's get your dark horses, uh, a team or two that you like to make a run, maybe not just pull an upset in the first round, but even get to this second weekend. What do you have? Who are some of the teams that you like? Uh, as far as double-digit seeds go, uh, for the second, I got a few upsets in the first round. The second round, I, I surprised myself. I really didn't have any, but I could see UCSB and Winter making a run. Both of those are really good teams. UCSB, nobody west or east of the Mississippi knows much about them, and not too many people west of Mississippi know them. They're a California team, and they're very, very good, very disciplined. Uh, some other teams to watch out for, uh, Green Canyon, coached by uh, Bryce Drew. They're 15. I don't expect much, but could. And Iona, uh, coached by Rick Patino. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows him. Uh, he's taking another team. So, you know, he knows, he knows what it takes to win. He may not have the talent. But watch them and give them a couple of years also. Interesting. Shelby Mast is our guest. Shelby, I know that um, like uh, Lenardi and like Cats, etc., uh, the people that you work for ask you to put out a bracket as soon as they cut down the net seemingly on, on Championship Monday. And you do so. You comply with that. When you pull out the first bracket that you put out way back in, I don't know, would have been April or May of last year, uh, how close? How close did you get? Because I got to think that that's an impossible, impossible task. Yeah, pretty much is. I had uh, Baylor and Gonzaga one and two, but then after that, oh boy, it looks like I was <laughs> real drunk when I made it. And just random stuff. Even the first one of the year this year, back in November. This look, I'm looking at it like, what the? What was I thinking? <laughs> well, I know what I was thinking. I was looking at predictions. And that gives you trouble sometimes. Shelby Mass, bracketwag.com. You'll have a bracket up uh, as soon as they cut down the nets or within uh, certainly sometime in April. Shelby, again, uh, we say this to you every year. We're very grateful for uh, for coming on our show from uh, committing to do so on a weekly basis. I know our audience appreciates it. Of course, Des Moines Register, a Gannett paper. Uh, you, they can see, you can see Shelby in there a lot as well, but you can hear him with us throughout basketball season, especially when the calendar turns from one year to the next. Shelby, thank you as always, and we look forward to speaking with you again next year. Thank you, Shelby Mast. I appreciate that. Thank you. Good to talk to you. uh for Shelby Mass. Bracketwag.com. All right, we'll take our time out when we come back or sh- shortly thereafter. We're scheduled to be joined by Luca Garza. Look forward to catching up with uh, Luca Garza uh, as he spends some time in quarantine in Indianapolis. Miller and Condon with you until noon. It's 1045 on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 10. not available in every state. Welcome to Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO 106.3 on the FM dial. We take you until noon. Uh, let's get right to him. Two-time player of the year in the Big Ten Conference, uh, Luca Garza joins the program. Uh, Luca, we appreciate you uh, spending a few minutes with us as you join us from uh, inside the quarantine in Indianapolis. Trent Con is my partner. My name is Ken Miller. Luca, thank you for coming on. How are you? 
I'm great. How are you? Thank you for having me. No, I appreciate you coming on. So I want to ask this question because we speculated. The St. Louis Cardinals, they were in quarantine. And one of their pitchers, Jack Flaherty, actually took the mattress off his bed and would throw a baseball uh, into, the, into his mattress. Do you even have a ball in your room for this next couple of days? Um, we do not. I do not have a ball in my room. Um, but I, I definitely today will be doing some push-ups and sit-ups and, and just some stuff around the around the room just to kind of stay in shape. But we're our quarantine. I think it ends tonight. Oh, okay. I think we'll be able to to, to join the, the group. So you guys will be able to get back together and start going through things. One of the biggest things we saw over conference tournament weekend, the ACC being the biggest part of that, was the contract tracing that that is happening. So what have you guys been filled in about that? not hanging out, playing video games, all 10 guys in one room, that kind of thing, to make sure if there would be something that would happen, some kind of positive case, it wouldn't wipe out your whole team. Yeah, exactly. I, I think the biggest thing is just not leaving the hotel and just yeah. making sure that we're going from our our room to our meeting rooms where we're watching film and eating food, and then uh, and when we go to the gym, um, that we all go together and we don't do anything besides, you know, just kind of staying in the hotel, you know, don't see family, don't do anything like that because that's when you're putting yourself at risk. And then honestly, our team has been really, really good about it all year. Um, and, and we've made sure we had meetings early in the year as a team to make sure that we avoided doing any of that kind of stuff to make sure that we could get to this moment. Uh, Luca Garza is our guest. Luca, the Big Ten, such a terrific conference all season long, a conference that is, you know, has more big men per capita per team, I think, than, than any of the other conferences. Of course, you're at the top of that list. Who gives you the most trouble? Dickinson on some nights, Coburn some nights. Who's the most difficult matchup of big men that you face this year? Uh, uh, that's a hard question. You know, I, I honestly don't know. I think when you look at every single team in the Big Ten, uh, they have a really great big man that can they can give you trouble. So, you know, I, I I honestly don't know. I think you know, obviously Kofi is is a monster, and he is he is he's developed from his freshman year to sophomore year. He is he has gotten so much better um, and playing in the post and defending the post that it's it's been awesome to see that. And I think you know, obviously Hunter is really good too, um, and he's definitely a great defender as well as a great you know obviously offensive scorer. But you got guys like Travion Williams, EJ Liddell. I mean, I could just keep going on and on. Liam Robbins, uh, Miles Johnson. So I, I'm going to take the easy route and say um, that there, there is, there's a great big man on each team that, that provides a challenge. Speaking of great big men, Green Canyon's got a couple of them. How much prep work have you already done? You're opening a round opponent on Saturday, the 15th seed, coming in from Arizona. What do you know about them? And looks like they got a couple of bigs that are going to be throwing at you. You know, obviously, uh, to be able to win the WAC uh, regular season and postseason is a tremendous accomplishment. So we know this team um, is a really, really good group. So, you know, we're excited about the opportunity to play against such a great team. And, you know, I've definitely started to do my individual homework, especially in this quarantine, just looking at those guys and, and those big guys. they got a really couple of really skilled guys. Obviously, um, you know, uh, their best player or leading scorer is a big man who's tremendously efficient and you know shooting 71 percent from the field which is really really good um obviously and he's a great rebounder as well so uh, you know i know i'm gonna have my hands full on both ends uh so i'm, I'm excited for the matchup 
Uh, of course, fans, uh, sports talkers, we, we like to look ahead a little bit. I know you guys are going to get by Grand Canyon and you'll play the next game. But looming out there is a potential rematch against a team that you saw back in December, and that's uh, the unbeaten uh, Gonzaga squad. Uh, will that help you if we get, if you guys get both of your teams get to that point? How, big, how much will that help uh, having played them this year? Um, you know, I, I think the the biggest thing for us is just keeping that mindset that we're focused on Grand Canyon. Obviously, we know we have a really, really talented region, and we've, we're familiar with a lot of teams. Obviously, Gonzaga, we've played before, and they're obviously, you know, the number one team in the nation. Um, so, but, you know, right now, I think Coach McCaffrey really made sure that we keep our mindset on Grand Canyon. Obviously, as he's been a coach of a 13, 14, 15 seed, and he knows what that mindset is. And we obviously know that we're going to have our hands full with beating a team like this. And I think, you know, in order to make a run, you take it one game at a time. So that's our focus right now. You guys are going to have so much downtime, and especially if you make a deep run in this tournament, you could be there. What I think I saw you guys pack for 29 days. Mm. Uh, what do you left for Indianapolis in the Big Ten tournament? Luca, what are you going to do with that downtime? What do you guys have planned, if anything, that you're going to be able to do? And secondly, your teammate Jordan Bohannon loves Twitter and he's already out there tweeting a whole lot. You might have to take away his phone here after a while. Uh, I, honestly, <laughs> uh, I, I haven't been on Twitter myself, um, you know, much of late. Um, I'm trying to just kind of lock into you know what we're doing, so I haven't been tweeting or even looking at Twitter as much. So I know he's always been on Twitter, so <laughs> I think he knows how to handle that. And he's always, he's obviously you know very outgoing guy, so you know he he's got he's got himself on that. But you know I think. The downtime, you know, I think we, you know, all have packed different things. You know, obviously we have our video games or whatever, and obviously I'll be watching film. And, and then I think, you know, honestly, there'll be a lot of great great games on, you know, to be able to watch and see these other teams compete. Um, and, and, you know, I love watching the game of basketball, especially you know, the best time to watch basketball is, is, is during March. So it's going to be a lot of fun, you know, being inside of here. I think we all know. It's obviously different, but it's necessary, and we want to do whatever it takes to, you know, keep our, our season alive. And I want to do whatever it takes to make my career last as long as I can. Uh, sadly, Jack Nunji won't be a part of it. Uh, disappointed, such an incredibly difficult year for him. Um, just the fact that he can't participate with you guys uh, has to be a big disappointment throughout the locker room. Oh, it 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 one hundred percent is. Um, you know, he's he's put in so much work over his career. Uh, to develop into the player he has. And he was starting to really come into his own. He started to have some really big performances for us. And, you know, that just sucks, you know, when you see that. And, and But the the biggest thing about Jack is he's a warrior. He's one of the strongest-minded person uh, people I've ever been around. And, you know, he's, he's part of the reason that I was able to develop because I was going against him every day in the summer. Um, and, and he just helped me get so much better. So, you know, I, I think I'm excited for him um, in terms of when he gets back that he is going to, uh, you know, be really, really, really unstoppable. And obviously he's here, and he shifted his role into more of a, you know, a leadership role and being able to help us and guide us through this um, because he's obviously been here and, and been very experienced as well. So uh, I'm just thankful to have a, a great teammate like Jack Nugent. And we wish you know, he could be out there with us, but we're going to do whatever it takes to, to, to go out there and win for him. Luca, we'll get you out on this. A year ago at this time, the world was shutting down, including the NCAA tournament being canceled. 
You guys felt like you had a chance of making a run a year ago. Here you are a year later with this opportunity as a number two seed. Just what it means, your decision to come back for your final season and not getting able to play that tournament a year ago to where you are right now. Just what that means to you. Oh, it, it means everything to me. It's you know, it's the reason I came back. I, I didn't come back to do anything besides win games and be able to win games in March. So this is the biggest time of year. Um, and you know, I wanted to be a part of this team and and all of these great teammates and coaches that I have. And I'm so lucky to be a part of it. And you know, I, I want to keep it going as long as I can. So that's you know, that's my motivation. Is I I want to you know, I want to play as long as I can in a Hawkeye uniform. Good luck in your next six games. Thank you so much. I appreciate you coming on. Luca Garza, uh, thank you, uh, Luca. Appreciate it. Uh, Luca Garza joining us here, giving us a few minutes from quarantine in Indianapolis. Archie Miller has been fired. He's out. Whoa. Yep. Gone. Uh, so the coaching carousel starting to spin. Indiana will uh, be looking for a new head coach. When will we hear something from Ames? Well, we're going to ask Dave Sproul that very question, see if he's got any intel. Uh, he will join us next. Scott Dockerman coming up as well. Thank you to the uh, SID department at the University of Iowa for facilitating our conversation with Luca Garza. Hour two coming up next. Miller and Condon, 1460 KXNO 106.3.